Well, ACC, good morning. My people, man, it is a joy to be with family, both in the room and online in the gym. Uh, I do need to give our resident comedian a shout out. He told me he'd be watching online. And for all of your kind words this morning, Bob, uh, I should just offer one quick congratulations to you um, for the big win last night, the big preseason win last night. I know that for your Maple Leafs, that meant a lot. Uh, after all that went down last year with the, the 3-1 lead and everything, I know it was not ideal, but last night must have felt really good. So I see Derek Parley back there too. I can direct that at you as well. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for asking me. Uh, I've honestly been looking forward to this for a few months now since Kim messaged me, and it's just so good to be here. If we haven't met, and I don't say that like tongue-in-cheek or whatever. If we haven't met, my name's Jeremy Vincent, and like has been said, my parents planted this church with a handful of others 25 years ago, and you don't really need to necessarily know that about me, but uh, some of you already did. But ACC holds a special place in my heart, uh, and my wife and I, Hannah, we believe in you guys so much, and we believe that God has something new and powerful that he's looking to do in the next 25 years, and that he's inviting each of us into that uh, and we're cheering you guys on uh, from way down in Nova Scotia. So it's great to be here this morning as we kick off the 25-year the celebration as we move into these next eight months of celebrating. And I was asked to speak, I'm wondering what I'm going to speak on. I began by asking a, a couple of questions. And it, uh, the couple questions, I guess, ended up intersecting with the text that I arrived at for this morning and ended up becoming today's message. And the first question was why? <laughs> like, why are we doing this? It's a good question. Like, are we supposed to do this? Why are we celebrating? Like, specifically in the church, too. Why? What's the point of us looking back on what God has done? Are we supposed to do this? Do we have to do this? Is there like a handbook that says on your 25th anniversary, if you've made it that far, you need to stop and have a party. There has to be cake. There's like, in Baptist fashion, there's like, to the, to the point, every single thing that needs to occur. Do we have to party? Like, why are we getting out of our regular flow and stopping to look back on what God has done? Is it just an excuse to have a party? Is it an opportunity to honor people? Is it aimed at uniting us as a church and inspiring us together towards all that God has for us moving forward? I think to some degree, it could be all of those things. But I think there's an even more important reason why we actually should stop to celebrate, whether we need to, should to, whatever, there's more important reason why we actually, we should stop, why it's important for us to stop and to celebrate and be reminded of what God has done. We'll get back to that. Because my other question was this. If there is a purpose to celebrating, if there is a reason for us to celebrate, which I think there is, then who's it for? Who's this morning in any ongoing celebration that's going to happen over the next eight months? Who's it for? Is it for all of us? Is it really just for the people who were there in September 1996? Because there aren't many of you. <laughs> I don't know if there's actually any that don't have the last name Vincent. <laughs> but some of you have been here for a while, and maybe it's just for you. Maybe it's just for, maybe there's a threshold for some point in the history of ACC where you should have been here at least for that long if you're going to join in on a celebration, celebrating that all that God has done over the last 25 years. More importantly, we have the more important question with this. Are there any of us here in the gym online listening in on this who maybe would call ACC home or is considering 
joining in at ACC. Is there anyone here who this morning doesn't really mean anything to? <laughs> as nice as it all is, right? Like, it's not like you're sitting there and whatever, annoyed by that they're talking about something that you weren't there for. But maybe there's some of you here, and it's your first Sunday or your 10th Sunday, and you've only been coming here since whatever, recent history. I don't think that there's anyone here that it's not for. Well, spoiler alert, but we'll get there. I'd love to pray with you, and we're going to get to our passage of Scripture and see if it has anything to offer in answering these couple of questions. Would you pray with me? God, you see us in this moment. You know us. And you see our circumstances. And you understand that they're difficult and that they're distracting. In a lot of ways, there's a lot going on. Um, But God, we hold tightly to the truth that even when the world is upside down, you are not upside down. You're sitting right side up. In fact, you're seated on a throne and ruling over all. And God, despite that, even in light of that, you see us here today. (laughs) And you want to meet with us. So we ask that you'd cut through the noise and all the distractions around us, but also cut through all the walls that we put up and the barriers that we put up. Because you, in Jesus, have torn all of those down. There don't need to be any walls or barriers between us, God. Because of Jesus, we can know you and walk with you. So God, we ask that you would walk with us this morning, and we ask that through your word, you'd challenge us and encourage us to come closer to you, Lord, to grow in our desire to know you and make our lives about you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Joshua chapter 4. There might be a Bible around you. I wasn't kind enough to give the passage of Scripture to the guys in the back, so they probably won't be on the screen. Um, but if you have your Bible, otherwise, I'll be, I'll be reading it for you. By way of getting situated where we're at in the text, we're going to be in Joshua 4, as I said. We are relatively early on in the story of God, where they are on their way to the promised land, that land that had been promised in Genesis 12 to Abraham hundreds of years before. Joshua is now leading God's people towards the promised land after Moses had handed off the baton of leadership to him. And there's an interesting story recorded here in Joshua 4 where they're on their way to the promised land and there's 12 men at the front of the pack of these hundreds of people, thousands of people, uh, and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Fancy, fancy name, but physically... The Ark of the Covenant, it contained the the tablets that the Ten Commandments were engraved on, but more importantly, it represented God's presence and power being with his people. So the Ark of the Covenant is, is at the front of the pack, and God's people are moving towards the Promised Land, and they arrive at the Jordan River. And there's no way around the Jordan River, and there's clearly no way that they're going through the Jordan River. So God says to Joshua in Joshua 3, tell the 12 guys carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord that when they step foot in the water, it says when their soles, when the soles of their feet rest in the waters of the Jordan, I will stop the water from flowing. I'll split the river and I'll make a way for all of you to pass by on dry ground. 
pass through on dry ground. If you're familiar with the, the Old Testament, with the Bible, this is kind of Red Sea-esque, except like minus the Egyptian army chasing behind them, so like a little less cool, uh, slightly less powerful. That's a joke. You can laugh. All of, all of God's word is powerful. But they do as God instructs. They step foot in the water, even though it looks crazy. <laughs> Let's be real. And what God said would happen, happens. And the water splits. It's incredible. God showed up in their midst, and he moved. And that's where we're picking up in Joshua 4. So starting in verse 1, it says this. When the entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Select 12 men from all the people, one from each tribe, and command them, Take 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood, carry them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. Then Joshua summoned the 12 men from the Israelites, whom he had appointed, one from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take a stone on his shoulder, one for each of the tribes of the Israelites, so that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the Israelites a memorial forever. Who was the memorial for? <laughs> was it just for the people who witnessed the waters of the Jordan splitting? Like 25 years later, if someone else rolled up, do they have any right to join in on recounting and celebrating what God has done when they see this memorial? More importantly, do they have any re reason to join in on recounting and remembering and celebrating what God did for his people when they crossed through the Jordan? Does it mean anything to anyone besides those who were there, who saw it with their own eyes? As we celebrate 25 years of ACC today and over the next eight months, who's it for? Like, who's included in today? And we really need to answer this question first, right? Before the other one. Because the answer to this question dictates who the rest of the message is relevant for. And we probably, we might as well get to answering this on the front end of the next eight months. Because if what we're doing today and over the next eight months is just for anyone who was there in 1996, or like at least 2007, then most of you are like, sweet, I'm tuning out. Because as nice and great and cool as all of this is, it doesn't really mean anything to me. It's not my story that we're talking about here. It's someone else's thing. And that's fair. <laughs> that would be fair. So let's look back at what it says in the text, looking at Joshua 4, verse 6. Joshua says to the Israelites, we're going to take these stones and set up this memorial so that this may be a sign among you. Talking to those who were there. And when your children ask in a time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the Ark of the Covenant, and we crossed through. So unless I'm putting something in here, reading something into this, 
God is urging Joshua to have this memorial set up to, to, to remind them of what they witnessed. But, but it's not only for those who were there, but also seemingly especially for the next generation or those who weren't there, who didn't see with their eyes what had happened. The memorial is to be a reminder of what God has done for those who were there, but also for those who weren't. In other words, what God is telling Joshua to do here is to set up this memorial, and it is for all people because this event, what happened, what this memorial is going to point you towards, matters for all people. For the people who were there, who saw this go down, I mean, can't just leave out. Clearly, their point of view, their vantage point on all of this is going to be a little bit different, having been given the gift of having seen God move with their very eyes, like in front of them, watching God move, do what he said, what he called them to do, and what a gift it is when we get to see God move in our lives. When we get to see God move in a miraculous way, only God kind of way, whether at the Jordan River or at a church plant in a hayfield on the corner of Route 121 and 880. What a gift it is when God shows up and he intervenes in our story to show us that he's with us, that he's for us, and that with God there is nothing that's impossible. And yet knowing that we're quick to forget even what we have seen with our own eyes. God says, go ahead and have them build something. Go ahead and have them build a memorial so that you can be reminded of what happened, of what I showed you. But the memorial wasn't just for those who were there. Perhaps even more importantly, it's for those who weren't there for those who would show up later, for the next generation who, who knows, in their lives might not have the same opportunity to see God intervene in such a powerful, tangible, there's no other way that we're going to get through this unless God shows up kind of way. The memorial was for the next generation as well. Those who were going to someday inhabit the promised land, but who weren't there for the journey to the promised land, who someday were going to get to walk in the fruit and the benefits and all the amazing parts that came along with this promise being answered, but who hadn't been there for those moments where it took faith, real faith, to take another step forward. It says later in Joshua 4, beyond what we read in verse 21, it says, to, st- to set up the stones, so when your children's ask, so when your children, children's, ask their parents in a time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground, for the Lord your God crossed, or your, for the Lord your God, sorry, dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up, for us, until we crossed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. I love the language in this next passage. It's important for us. I don't remember a crazy amount from high school English, and I know there are teachers in the room. But notice the first and second person language being used here. 
They're talking to their children who, who clearly weren't there when it happened. But he says, God dried up the waters of the Jordan. He split the water of the Jordan for you until you crossed over. And then talking about the Red Sea too, which is even earlier. It says, he, he, he dried up. He did the same thing at the Red Sea for us until we crossed over. Even though he's clearly speaking to those who weren't there and yet they share in it. Speaking to people who weren't there yet, who weren't born yet. And yet, what God was doing when he showed up in their midst was somehow collectively for all of his people for all time. It was just as much for the next generation and all who would come into the fold later as it was for those who actually participated. In it, And the reality is this, because God is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow, the story of God's people is for all of God's people. What God has shown to those in the past, he's shown to us. And what he shows to us, what he's showing to us, he's shown for those to come. And so in the same way that what God did at the Jordan River and the Red Sea was both for those who were there and for those who would come, us actually all included in that, what God has done here at ACC in its first 25 years, it's for all of us. Whether it's your first Sunday here or your thousandth, the story of God's people is for all of God's people. And so when we take the time to stop and celebrate and remember what God has done, it's not just for the people who were here or the people who have seen most of what he's done. It's for all of us. We are all included in it. And for any of us who have been here and have seen God move, it's our responsibility to make sure the story gets told to make sure that we take the time to remind, to recount, that we make clear to the next generation and all else who come along along the way that the story of God's people is for all of God's people. And so this is what God has done, and this is what you're invited into. The story of God is still being written. And so Why? Why do we stop to celebrate and remember what God has done? We stop to remember what God has done because the story of God is still being written. And remembering what God has done builds our faith. And it allows us to be used by God in the story that he's writing. Remembering what God has done matters. More specifically, firstly, because we who have seen God move have a responsibility to tell the next generation and, again, all who will come into the fold later, not just what God has done, but who God has shown himself to be. We celebrate so that we can build the faith of the next generation. The alternative to this, to not passing it along so that the faith of the next generation might be built, is, of course, neglecting to pass it along. And the next generation not coming to faith or falling away from faith. Which is actually what God's people end up experiencing. After where we were reading in Joshua 4, if you look to Judges 2.10, the next book, it's one of my least favorite verses to read in the Bible. 
Joshua has now passed away, as the rest of those also had who saw what had happened at the Jordan River. And it says this in Judges 2.10. Moreover, that whole generation was gathered to their ancestors, and another generation grew up after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. It's a haunting verse, really. It's haunting because it could be our story, too. It's especially haunting in light of what we see in Joshua 4, where God, we see God guiding his people, telling his people to remember what he had done, to build this memorial, to make a point of setting up something physical so they they wouldn't neglect to let the next generation know who God is, to let the next generation know who God has shown us to be in our lives so that when all of the people who were here and saw it, when all of us are gone, the next generation wouldn't just fall away. And yet in Judges 2.10, Shortly after Joshua passes away, we see a generation grow up who didn't know the Lord or what he had done. And the reality is just that that, 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 that could be us. It could be any of us. Any church. So there is a lot at stake (laughs) as we celebrate. And the point is not to, especially for parents, I understand how that can come off or feel or the weight that that could put on you. And the point is not to induce some unhealthy level of anxiety that, that you need to be the, you are the one fully responsible for your, your kid coming to faith and it's going to be smooth and easy and straightforward as that. For one, because that's actually the responsibility of all of us as the church to come alongside of you in that. But also because it, 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 it isn't your job to, to convince anyone, or your kids even. It's not your job to convince them to believe. But it is our job to let them know who God is and what, it's, what God has done in your life. It is your job to let them know what God has done in your story and that it, it can be their story too. You don't need to argue anyone to coming to faith, but you do need to tell the story of what God has done and what he's done for you. We celebrate and remember what God has done individually and as a church to invite the next generation and anyone else who's coming along and hearing of this secondhand into the story and to build their faith. But we also celebrate what God has done to have our faith build, and I say our, speaking of the, 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 those who were there, who have seen what he's done, not, and not just at the beginning, because God has been moving over the last 25 years. We celebrate for those of us who have already seen God move in our lives. We celebrate to have our faith built, too. We look back. We remember what God has done so that we can be reminded of how we, how we got here, of, of what it took, and of what it will take moving forward, to see God move in and through us. The intent of the memorial was not to point people back to the 12 individuals who stepped foot in Jordan. And similarly, the purpose of celebrating 25 years of ACC is not to put any person or people or season of ACC up on a pedestal. In Joshua 4, 22 to 24, it says, When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? 
you'll tell them. Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan until you crossed, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we crossed over, so that, so here's why he did that, so that all the peoples of the earth would know that the Lord is mighty, and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever, so that you might walk in his ways forever. The point of the memorial, the point of remembering what God had done was not to be reminded of the, of the incredible faith and bravery and boldness of those who had stepped foot in the Jordan. The point was to be reminded of the power of God, his ability to move through the faithfulness of his people. And with that being said, we can be and should be encouraged by the faithfulness of those men and women who God has moved through because their faith, as, as, as small and imperfect and fleeting and shaky as it was, their faith was necessary. God wasn't going to split the Jordan until the 12 men actually stepped foot in the Jordan. God wasn't just going to show up and, and, and build a church on the corner on a, in a hayfield in Appahawk unless some people were willing to step out and to show up in faith and say, God, we believe that you can move here. Even though it sounds crazy, it looks crazy, everything about this seems crazy. We believe, God, that you can do it here. You, if you can do it there, you can do it here. And we believe, God, that you can move mountains with faith as small as a mustard seed. And so here we come with faith as small as a mustard seed and with a mountain in front of us. And we're asking you to do what only you can do. And God did. But it took faith. It's important for us to be reminded of that too. Because 25 years of ACC wasn't just inevitable. It wasn't just going to happen. And maybe even more relevant for today, neither will another 25. <laughs> like 50 years of ACC won't just happen. It's not a given that God will continue to move here. It's not a given that God will continue to move through any group of people. There's a potential outcome here where a generation comes and falls away. And so for us to move forward into all that God has done, and God does want us to move forward in all that he wants to do, we need to look back. We need to remember what he's done. We need to be reminded that it took faith. Because that builds our faith. And at the end of the day, that's really all God needs from us. He can, he will figure out the rest. The point is not to put too much onus on the people who were there in the least. But where there's no faith, God won't move. He'll just use someone else. He'll just go somewhere else. His purposes won't be thwarted by our lack of faith. But he'll, 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 he'll move through someone else. But as we look back and we remember what God has done, and he's doing, that he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Our faith is built, and despite the uncertainty 
and there is uncertainty. (laughs) Despite the uncertainty of the future, it leads us forward. We don't find ourselves longing for what was or what we've already seen him do, but we begin believing that that, that if our God is the God of immeasurably more, then we don't need to settle for what he's done, but can believe that there's an even greater thing in store that builds upon what he's already done. We celebrate to be reminded of who God is, who God has shown himself to be to us so that our faith and the faith of the next generation might be built. There's actually a third question that I want to ask this morning. It's what I want to send you with. So we're almost there. And this question comes from our Joshua 4 text, but we can't answer it by reading the text. Only you will be able to answer it for yourself, actually. And that is when you look back, when you look back at what God has done in your life, what God has done here, what does it mean to you? It's the question that the memorial in the text is built so that they're prepared to answer when their children ask, what do these stones mean to you? As we celebrate 25 years of ACC, what's it, what's it mean to you? And that's a good question to, to ask yourself and to leave with today and going into this next year of celebrating what God has done here. What does what I've seen of God mean to me? What, is it, what's it, what does it lead me to? We need to look back to move forward, but not so that we know where we're headed or how we're going to get to where we'd like to go, but to be reminded of the God that we're going with and what he's like, what that means for us in our lives. Some of us here today, even despite the disclaimer early on, what we talked about early on, this being for all of us, you haven't been here all that long. Maybe you're even a visitor here today, someone in the room, online, in the gym. And so you don't really have any connection to the story necessarily, any deep connection to the story of Atlantic Community Church, of Appahawk Community Church, of Appahawk Baptist Church. So this is all fine, but it doesn't really strike a chord with you. And understandably so, right? But for each of us, there's another defining moment in our story. And God's people hadn't seen it at the Red Sea or at the Jordan River because they were just sitting at a different point in history than, than we are. But their story was moving towards this moment in history as well. My favorite part of this room is up here, the baptismal tank above there. And there's a story for the rest of what's going on on the outsides, but in the center of it is the cross. And at the center of each of our stories is the cross. 25 years is amazing. It's great. It's incredible, really, not to undermine that in the least. But it doesn't hold a candle to the cross. 25 years of ACC truly is a gift a gift that we were able to, to see God show up and move in our midst, to have our faith built in the power, in the love, in the grace of God. 
But 25 years of ACC does not compare to what happened at the cross. And just as the stones at the Jordan River were meant to point the Israelites back to God, 25 years really only has any relevance whatsoever at all to the degree that it points each of us and as a church towards the cross. Because everything else pales in comparison to what Jesus accomplished there when he, God, took our sin and the sin of all humanity upon himself, laid down his life, was crucified and raised from the dead so that we could know him, so that we could be saved from our sin, know him, live in a relationship with him in our lives. And what's unbelievable to me is the truth that God didn't actually really need to do anything else beyond that. (laughs) God didn't need to do anything else beyond the cross to show us everything we would ever need to know about him. He didn't need to go any further than the cross to show us that he's good, that he is powerful, that he's for us, and that there's no length that he wouldn't go to for you and for me. There's nothing else he needed to do beyond that. And yet he did. (laughs) He showed up here in our story. The same Jesus who died, who was raised from the dead for you and for me is is moving, has moved, and is moving, and is going to move in the future in a new and incredible way. And today he's inviting some people to take the step for the very first time into a relationship with him. For some of you, he's calling back to faith. Others, he's just calling to take a step into deeper faith, to look around and remember to remember what he's done, to remember the cross. Like, don't, (laughs) we get churchy real quick, but don't let the cross become ordinary to you. And as you look back and reflect on what that has meant for you in your life, let it build your faith. Let it build your trust and your hope in God. And let it lead you forward into all that God has for you in your life. ACC, we've been invited by the God of eternity, and that's an incredible thing. As a church and as people, to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. And my hope, as we celebrate and we remember all that God has done, is that it would build our faith. It would lead us to live by faith in a God who is good, who is for us, and who is inviting us to join in on what he's doing so that people in this community and in this region who are far from God might find hope and life in Jesus and come near to God and become all in Christ followers. I want to pray and invite the band. God, don't let us miss what you've done. Because we often can. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. We can glaze over what you've done for us, God, and the the lengths to which you've gone for us and that you're going for us. You are at work here. You want to walk with us. You want to know us. You want us to know you and live our lives for you. And you have a heart for this community. 
as much today as you ever have. And there are things that you desire to do, and you're just asking all of us to to lean in in faith so that you might show up and show all of us how great you are. God, we believe that you will, as we've seen it before, Lord. And we trust you. We love you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As the band just continues to play in the background, thank you, Pastor Jeremy. And I think the effect that you wanted to have is that for those of us who were not there for the first amount, need to be leaving with a challenge to feel what those of you who were here at the beginning felt like. There's a heaviness on my soul here this morning, placed there by the Spirit of Christ, who is the same yesterday and also here today, that the commission, the Great Commission, is still just as powerful today that people are just as far away and need to be brought closer to the Lord. When we finish here with a prayer, we're going to ask if you could, as you make your way out, make your way to, to Scott, Natasha, out under the breezeway, and we're going to continue the celebration outside. Get yourself a big chunk of celebration cake. And I'm going to close a prayer, and I'm not sure if you need a piece of cake to be blessed. You can consider that, this to be your grace over that big, fat piece of cake to the glory of God. Lord, thank you that Pastor Jeremy has been able to break forth your word. We have been eating spiritually. And now we ask your blessing as we move out that these words about crossing the Jordan, representing a new day for a new people, would ring true in our minds and in our hearts. And so, Lord, we celebrate, we give you praise, we give you glory, knowing that we have a story, this is our story, and that you would create something. We give you glory and praise for gathering us here, for the patience and the endurance of your people, even in these testy days. Thank you, Lord, for you are faithful. Amen and amen.